Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. So uh, a year or so ago, I had a job offer, and uh, it was... It was a pretty good job offer on uh, on paper. I mean, it was a 50% pay in- increase. Um, it was in a well-established congregation in Kansas City. Um, I went up there. My wife and I went up there, and we had an awesome opportunity to hang out with the staff. And, man, we laughed a ton. And, and it was just everything on paper looked right. But I couldn't make a decision on this thing. Like, I could not make a decision. And finally, it came down to, um, normally, you know, you get a job offer, you're supposed to make a decision fairly quick. In our church body, they kind of allow you three or four weeks to make that decision because they understand the praying and the conversations that need to happen. And it's kind of different than the business world. And and anyways, we are at week six at this point. So it was week six. And uh, I had told everyone, because I needed a deadline, that Sunday I was going to make the decision. Like, I was going to announce the decision. I was trying to make it before then. And uh, my, you know, my family and I, we went out for dinner Thursday night and I thought we had a decision. I told Tara, here's the decision I think we're going to do. We're going to take the job and uh, let's sit with it a day and, and see how that goes. We wake up next Friday and uh, and it just no peace about it at all. No peace at all. Wow. So it's Saturday night now. Still no decision yet has been made. And uh, I'm sitting at the house and it's like eight o'clock at night. And I am internally wrestling with this. I've, I've wrestled with it with my wife and my family as much as I possibly could. And I, I, I could not run. And I thought, who are my band of brothers that I can gather together and process this with? And there were three guys in my neighborhood that I called up and I said, hey, I got bourbon. I got a fire pit and the fire's going. Cigars are lit. I need you to help me process through this. The guys came over at 815. They were there in 15 minutes. It's awesome. awesome. And we sat out until 1130 at night around the campfire. By the way, if you don't have a campfire, if you don't have a fire pit in your backyard, you've got to get a fire pit in your backyard. Some of the best moments of my life happen around a fire pit. And then invite us over because we love fire pits. So, well, and we love pools and you have a pool. So, yeah, we could do that. We could do it all. We could. So anyways, so we sit around this fire pit and I remember I, 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 I threw out the first question. I was like, guys. I need clarity on this. And so I need you to ask me questions. And that was the invitation. Not like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. It was I gave them permission to ask questions and to, to, to share with me what they see from the outside. And it was this amazing moment. And at, finally at 1130, I was like, okay, I know what we're supposed to do. I go upstairs. My wife is still wide awake because, you know, she's terrified about the decision. And I'm like, I know, I, I know what you've said. This is what I think. I think we're supposed to turn down the call. And, uh, and she's like, okay. I said, let's sleep on it and see. We woke up in the morning, completely rested, at peace with it, and we knew that was, was what we were supposed to do. That's cool. But for me, it was this moment of like, I, for a long time in my life, I didn't have that band of brotherhood. It was only in the last four years that I've invested in relationships with these guys by building fences with them, um, cleaning up when a storm came through and trees fell down, 
mowing lawns when they've been out of town, you know, doing all of these little things that seem so insignificant at the time. But I realized that all of a sudden when that moment happened and I desperately needed some wisdom and some counsel, these were guys that weren't going to BS me. These were guys that were not going to tell me what I wanted to hear. They valued me enough to actually speak into my life and help me see things that I myself could not see. If we're going to have a a conversation about how we as guys begin to step into our brokenness, I think we need to wrestle with what does it look like for us to have a band of brothers? Guys that have our back, guys that are like, I'm for you, I'm not against you, and I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. You know, and, 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 and a lot of times we struggle with that as guys because, again, we like the facade. We like to pretend like we have it all together. But at the end of the day, we need some guys that we invite. And that's the key. We often haven't invited anyone to speak into that life. But we need some guys that will invite them to speak into us um, and, and to share with us what they're seeing. Because a, a great example, um, Jordan Spieth uh, just did the Masters, had one of the best final runs ever. The dude is, uh, I love him. He's from Dallas. He's an awesome guy. I love watching him play golf because he's just, a, he's intense, right? And uh, what struck me was, here he is, one of the best golfers, the top of his game. He didn't win the Masters, but he had one of the best uh, final rounds ever in the Masters. He shot 64, I think. And uh, he has a coach. Now, does he have a coach because the coach can play golf better than him? Nope. Nope. Does he have a coach because he's a weakling and he's no good at what he does? Nope. He's, he's one of the best. He has a coach because he realizes in the middle of his golf swing, there's a whole host of things going on that he cannot see. And he needs someone outside of that swing to speak into him to say, you don't feel it, but you're distributing your weight wrong. And it's affecting the impact that you have on the ball. Or you don't see it but you are actually glitching the top of your swing, and you haven't done that for four years, but I've been with you long enough to know that you're doing that again. You need to stop glitching. The, the so we're going to do this exercise to fix that because you can't see it, but you see the results of it. And, so, and, and that's what I think we as guys need to do is become comfortable with saying who are the coaches or who are the, who's the band of brotherhoods that we can laugh with, that we can watch football games with, but, but when, when the – Shiats hits a fan, they're on our side, and they're able to speak in and say, there's a glitch here that mm. needs to be addressed. Yeah. Or there's, a, there's something going on here that you may not know that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys are like, how do I do that? How do I find somebody? How do I, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it before about, you know, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, I think 17 says that iron sharpens iron. And so it's not a matter of, I have someone else who can just reveal the sin in my life. It's not an accountability group, but it's how do I find guys who will really sp- like do this? And, I, and it's a long journey, but again, it's it, it, it's that step in the awkward of God of asking him. So we ask God, God, bring some people, show show who these people are. They're probably around you right right now. Uh, if you're going, man, I don't have anybody like that. Well, then you start praying for it. You start asking for it. But then it's not so much you wait for them to invite you. It's you do the inviting. If you feel that that need, God put that on your heart for you to right. do the inviting to go, hey, let's go play top golf. Let's go do whatever, like something really almost shallow in itself, but super important. Hey, I need help with this fence. And then you're like, well, I don't, I don't need help. No, 
No, we we understand you don't you don't need help first thing because that's that's pride like whatever but like but still it's, it's not the idea of like you really maybe maybe even need the help, but you need the person, six months from now when you go hey my I, fire pit eight o'clock I need you there you know kind of thing, I and I believe that's the bigger part of this is to go we need to look at the current area where we are and go who in my circle right now can I invite in you don't need everybody, you need one you right. need two maybe, of people that you can say. I need guys that eventually I'm because again th- this is a pride thing we were talking about this I don't need anybody I'm fine but I, I I certainly remember when you say band of brothers I keep thinking about the the movie or the the story by the know. title yeah band of brothers of brothers and uh, and I just remember in Bastone how important it was to have somebody next to them right that 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 in the midst of the cold with sometimes down to one bullet each they had each other right. And, and and it's so important for us to realize the value of having somebody. So I think I think the first thing you need to do is identify, Ad- identify guys that. And, and again, this is not some supernatural like ah. Oh, just identify guys that you like being with, because at the end of the day, if you're going to journey with these guys for a long time, now you may be forced together. Like the band of brothers, they were forced together, but they identified guys in that group, guys in that team that they genuinely enjoyed being around. And so I think the first step is identify. Be bold and courageous and say, who are some guys that I just enjoy being with? You know, and who's that one guy I enjoy being with? And then the next step is once you identify it, invest in it. And don't invest in it with the first step saying, hey, um, Bill, I like being with you and um, I need an accountability partner. And so here's all my crap. That, that, no, that's not investing. That, that's a withdrawal from the relationship that you've already invested <laughs> Let's in. Let's build a bigger wall. Right, right. So <laughs> Awkward, large wall. Right. Let's go have coffee and talk about our feelings. Pretty much guaranteed you're going to be a very lonely person for a long time. But if you invest in that relationship, and that's why the building of the fence is so important. That's why watching the football game is important. That's why going to the baseball games or doing whatever you do, going to throw darts or, or whatever, you're investing in a friendship where you start to have common... You, you begin to understand your common values. You begin to understand your common um, life experiences. And you begin to step into those, oh, yeah, this is when I was so-and-so, and I can't believe I wasn't arrested at this time. Or, oh, man, that's a great story. And, and, and you, you start to invest in a deeper connection. And, and, and the challenge is most of us will stop there. Yeah. That's where we kind of pause. And, and we have friends of convenience we don't have friends of, I don't even know what to say, but beyond convenience. We have friends. Maybe that's what it is. We have friends of convenience that as soon as the football season's over, we're not hanging out anymore. Yeah. That's a friend of convenience. Guys at work, chances are we consider them friends. But if you get a different job, how many of those guys would you actually be hanging around? That's a friend of convenience. The, there's, a, there's a study done. It says the, it was the Boston Globe study uh, a few years ago, and it said the biggest threat facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity. It's loneliness. Why, why do I feel like you're talking directly to me on this one? <laughs> I'm there, too. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of guys feel this. I've got people I know, but I have no one who really knows me. Mm. I think that's, that's the biggest thing it. because everybody wants to be known. And everybody right. wants to know people. And it's not so much everyone just wants to be known like, hey, there's that guy. Like, They really do want the cheers mentality. Everybody knew Norm. Norm! Everybody knew Norm. Now, this may be dated for someone in their 20s. Like, what is cheers? Yeah. 
It was the best friends. show ever. Everybody, we watch shows all the time about relationships, right. people. Friends is one of the most popular shows uh, of its time. I never really watched it, except for Jennifer Aniston. Um, other than that, I don't think uh-huh. I watched too much. So, um, But that's just me. I was a Courtney uh, Cox girl. Were you? Guy, guy. I was a <laughs> Courtney Cox guy. She was my girl. I was a guy. I was, yeah. So, anyways. We go. <laughs> so, we move forward. Yeah, we're not going to talk about transgenderism today. Yeah, no, no, we're good. So, I, the biggest part of all of this is for us to understand that that we do crave relationships, but we fight it so much because, again, we feel like we have to have it together. But it's finding a bunch of guys. But but it, it doesn't happen overnight either. You know, it does come through a lot of prayer of going, God, bring one or two Show me who this is. Because then you try it, and you're like, that's not the guy. And then your first right. thought is, well, then there's nobody. Right. And you're like, no, you keep trying. Almighty man of valor, you keep trying. You keep going at it. You see, going, God, I, I know there's somebody for me. Because when you read in the scripture and you see Jonathan and David and the relationship that they had, and some would pervert that. They would pervert that story and say, oh, this, was a, this was a lustful relationship. No, this was like a brotherhood. And you know what I'm talking about. When you, you know, now, I've never been in war. But I, I have such a fascination of World War II and then the war that went on. And so when I, when I, when I read stories, when I, when I watch shows like, like Band of Brothers, you see this desire in guys that, that were willing to die for another guy to protect them. There is something in that. Like the, the fact that, that some of these guys are willing to drag their friend with no legs back from the line knowing that they were going to die and their first thought was I got to get my buddy right I got to get him and there's this feeling of man we are connected and that's what we're missing in our lives as we go because we you know even just our spouses we we need more than just our spouse right for us to be able to bounce things off of for us to be able to go dude I'm having a crappy day pray for me right now I need you I've got I've got a few guys like that I don't have a ton but I've got a well, few I don't think you're going to you have don't a need ton. to I don't think that's the goal that you would have a ton of acquaintances that you call best friends i think the goal is that you would have a guy or two that you trust enough to step into the awkward with and saying i'm really struggling with this you need one you, you need one you you need to have a go-to when you're struggling in sin you need to have a go-to because god did not set us up to do life alone right and you know i know that in scripture said it's not good for me to be let's look at this god created three parts of him so even in the beginning when he said let's make man in our own image even god wanted the concept of community before man was ever created because it was not good for man to be alone so he created woman but even more so even beyond him creating man he was three parts in one right so he had community himself and so you're going if god needed community if god desired or that much of an example that he said i'm going to make three parts in one of God that that man needs to not be alone either a three strand cord is not easily broken and we use that for form for marriage right with the idea of husband wife and God but there is another part of that of a guy engaging the life of another man or a few group of men to go I can do life because there's safety and a multitude of counselors to go I'm having a bad day and you go time out time out your wife ain't the enemy Right. Someone who can speak in a timeout. Your kids are going to grow up. They're not going to be little buttheads their whole life. Someone to speak that life and you go, <sighs> okay, and you can move on. It's a perspective changer. It's right. someone who can speak into your current perspective and change that for you. So identify, then invest, and then I think finally um, invite. And what I mean by that is um, 
do, no one likes it when someone comes in and says, this is what you're doing wrong. No yeah. one likes that. No. Like, like, try that. Just go to a park sometime and watch parents interact with their kids and then go up to some parents and say, wow, you're really messing your kid up. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> See how far that gets you. Yeah. It won't get you anywhere. That won't it, build any walls. No, 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 no. It might get a, a phone call to the police. Probably. You know. Why are you staring at my kid? <laughs> Why'd you drive up in a white van, creeper? Anyways. I know. Uh, probably over the line there, but anyways. That's okay. Um, but to invite them. And, and what I mean is, like, like, I invited those guys to share with me what they were thinking. That we don't have a problem making opinions and ha- coming up with ideas. That's what kind of what we do as guys. We're fixers. We like to come up with that stuff. The problem is we don't want to speak into something we haven't been invited to speak into because we know that doesn't work at work. That doesn't work in our marriages. And so we port that to our friendships and say, well, I'm not going to speak into that. I see this guy going completely off the rails, but I'm not going to speak into that because I haven't been invited into that. And often invitation is reciprocated. Yeah. And so if I am bold enough to say, Hey, um, Jason, I, I did. I love watching Green Bay Packer games with you. I, I love playing euchre with you. I, you know, I love all that stuff. I'm going to invite you to look at me and how am I doing with my kids? Like yeah. I, I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z, and, it, and that invitation. And you would be amazed at how they will then invite you into their life to speak into their life as well. Because when they share, start to share some hard stuff, and you're still friends at the end of the day, and they start to share some honest stuff, and you're still hanging out with them playing yeah. darts, all of a sudden that gives permission for them to say, um, I think my wife's, uh, and this is not a situation, this is a hypothetical situation, yeah. I, I think my wife is cheating on me. What do I do? do that, that they're inviting you to give wise counsel at that point. Yeah. They're inviting you to to be a part of that time and that season in their life. And I think that's the final thing that that w- we fall short on investing because investing takes time and we allow most of our time to be consumed by family or work. And yeah. so we feel guilty investing in the friendships. And then when we do invest in the friendships, we never go to that final step of inviting them into our lives, inviting them into our work, inviting them into our struggles so that they would. And that's one of the great things that Jesus and particularly Paul talks about within the the brotherhood, the church, the family of God, that we are called to bear each other's burdens, not take the burden off of someone, but to come alongside them. Again, the great war metaphor, lift them and put them on your shoulders and say, I'm going to go as far as we can go together. And if that means I carry you for a season, I'm going to carry you. If that means I'm going to journey alongside you, but no, you're not alone as you go through X or Y or Z. And you're Michael Jackson. You're not alone. I don't, I don't know Michael Jackson. Uh, Although I will tell you, hilarious moment. My my uh, 11-year-old son, right now his favorite song. Yeah. Jackson 5. <gasps> One, two, three. Easy really? as A, B, C. Yeah. And he, uh, every time we're in the car, he's like, I want to listen to one, two, three. I'm like, oh, my God, one more time. Okay, <laughs> let's do it, you know. And he does these little dance moves. He's probably terrified that this would that ever get out. You're sharing this with yeah. the world. But, and he sings it in his little non-pubescent voice, you know. A, B, C, yes, yes, one, two, three. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. Come on. That's my boy. I need to get him to listen to some Beastie Boys. That would be, hey, there's a brotherhood. No, <laughs> I don't know. But I, th- I think you're right. It's so important for us to find, to, t- 
to come to grips and understand that that we can't do this on our own. We're not meant to do this on our own. Just like David, who was a man after God's own heart, and Jonathan, who I love, who Jonathan, that story, Jonathan was meant to be the next king. Like his father right. was the king. Right. And Jonathan saw that David was supposed to. Right. So what he did instead is not try to befriend him so that he could trick him or manipulate him to go, I still want my position. He's like, I see that God, I see that God is doing something in your life, and I want to help you understand who you are. So it's not a matter of, of a one-up for myself. It's a matter, Jonathan could have easily been like, I'm going to try and find a way to kill this guy so I can be king. You got to find a guy who, who you see is walking towards the heart of God and then says, man, I want to I, I help you become who you're supposed to be. And that happens by you helping them become who they're supposed to be. Right. So, so as you see that, as you give, and you're going to find guys. Who, now, there's two kinds of guys. There's energy takers and there's energy makers. Ooh. And so the energy takers, you'll find very, very quickly. Now, you don't just disregard them, but you, be, you, you walk with caution. you got to find an energy maker. We're not talking about right. energy takers right here. You're talking about energy makers. The energy takers are very important in your life to go, you need to help pour into them. But they're probably not going to be the guys as you do this that you're going to find that that want to hear your story or want to hear or want to want to give you advice on how to help you. It always turns back to them. Right. So my, my wife and I, um, we do crazy things. Uh, and one of the things that we did uh, started last fall was uh, dinners. And, uh, and, and there's some friends that we had that were kind of acquaintances, but we valued they don't go to church, uh, and we were very cool with that. In fact, we loved that. And what we realized was we had a lot of similarities, but we didn't have a space to talk through some of that stuff. So my wife and I came up with this idea, and we said, okay, we're going to do once a month a dinner party, and we're going to invite them into our house, and we're going to feed them. But here's the expectation. I get to ask one question, just one question, and we have to talk about that for the, for, for the night. That's cool. Right? And so we started doing this. And we had some success, and we had a lot of good time and a lot of laughter and, and everything else. And my wife and I valued it, but we didn't know if they would value it. You know, we, we, yeah. we had no yeah. idea. So after the second one, um, something had come up, and we're like, ah, we can't host it this month. And expecting them to go, okay, well, we'll just do it in, in, in a following month. And, and one of the couples was like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to miss a month. That's cool. We're like, what? Yeah, we're not, we're not going to. This is too valuable. We enjoy this too much. That's cool. Right? And so we, we've done this for six, seven months now, and it's been phenomenal. We talk about raising kids. We talk about raising our parents and the unique challenge we have right now caring for our parents yeah. who are you know, going through dementia or going through Alzheimer's or, or whatever that might be and just the brutality of that. And we are beginning to share each other's burdens around that table around some great food. So fast forward. We had a, a conversation at one of the houses, and it was it was one of those hard conversations about how to care for our parents um, and, and the difficulty that is and just the exhaustion that is uh, having those conversations. Uh, and uh, we, we talked to, you know, then we talked about our own death and, you know, what's the next chapter of our legacy? What We had the chapter and the vision to have kids. What's the next chapter? How do we live the last chapter or the last chapters well? We had this great conversation. Two weeks later, one of the... Uh, one of the ladies that was there, her dad suddenly passed away. Heart attack. Massive heart attack. Dropped dead. Gone. And uh, funeral was up. The friends that they had at that funeral that weren't family were the friends, the dinner dinner table group. Wow. And they, they, they at that funeral, um, 
just tears as we went up to them and hugged them and cared for them in that that brutal moment of trying to process that. They were just like, oh, my gosh. So the next dinner we got together and we talked about, you know, we just kind of processed it a little bit and how are they doing and stuff like that. And, and the husband, he goes, you know what? He goes, I never thought I would at this age in my life have great friends like this that would journey through this brutal moment of life. And he's, he's I mean, this is a stoic guy. He's an amazing artist, phenomenal musician. And uh, he's just, I don't want to say bawling, but you could see the tears in his eyes because he was genuinely sharing that he was terrified of going through life alone without friends. And what yeah. he realized was there was friendship there. And, and, and the only reason why is because my wife and I were w- willing to create a space that allowed people to invest in each other and we were willing to step into the awkward and ask some questions and invite them to share. And they realized that, wait a second, this is more than just let's get together and go out and drink tonight, you know, have a few drinks. It was like, holy smokes, we are doing life together and life is better because we're doing it with others. And, and I think that's what we're talking about. And it makes it, it it's changed my wife and I's conversations about raising kids because we're getting new information from these other couples that we didn't have before. And so it's allowing us to be better parents. It's allowing me to be a better husband. It's allowing me to be a better father because we were able to do this with other couples. And, and, I, and the reason why we can do that is because I think I have the brotherhood on the other side. And, and the brotherhood is different than these couples. You know, it's two different groups. It's not the same group. Yeah. And, and so I, I just I, I wanted to paint that picture for you because life is going to get hard, brutally hard. And, and now is the time to invest in those relationships. So who identify. Yep. I, I identify who's your who's the guy or guys that you're like. I get energy from them. I get joy from them. And I need to invest in those relationships. The second part is who are the couples? Who are the couples that you can identify and begin to invest in to learn from, but also learn from you? And, and, and I, I'm going to step out. Don't just look to the people you already hang out with in church that you already get to spend eternity with. That's that, cool. D- don't, because yeah. there's a whole other group of people, most of humanity, that invest that time now because you don't know if you get eternity with them. Yeah. And so now is the time to invest in them. Because because you never know what the Spirit might be up to. Yeah. You never know what God might be up to. That's a great point. You know, the reason why bars are full are not because people want to spend $8 on a beer. Dude, it's so expensive. People are hungry for community. At the heart of every person is the, is the, the desire to be known. Mm-hmm. And that's why they go to a bar. And that's why they sit across from somebody and they and they listen to someone listens to their to their problems. It's not because they go, hey, how can I polish off forty five dollars tonight on a six pack? Right. It's I want I'm willing to spend forty five dollars for someone to hear my story. Right. And be known. You know, we're meant to do great things and we need to find someone who sees the great things in us and encourage that. And yeah. that's what we're talking about today is to those three things. Identify. Invest and then invite. Invite them into that conversation. Invite them into your life. Invite them into the mess and the brokenness. And then allow them to see how God is healing you and putting you back together. Man of Valor, go make it happen. Love it. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy Podcast. 
Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.